Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 31 of Revelation chapter 18. We're going to be reading verses 21 and 22. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee. And no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And I'll stop reading there. Now, um, I just want to look at the final statement of verse 21 that says that with violence shall that great city of Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And there are uh, a few similar statements in the Bible to this. And let's uh, just take a look at three of them. One is in Exodus chapter 14. And this is the time of uh, God destroying Pharaoh and the Egyptians in the Red Sea. And the Lord says in Exodus 14, in verse 3, this is before it happens, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of Jehovah, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. And God here uh, is using that um, same phrase, no more. You, as he, he speaks of Babylon being thrown down and found no more at all. Well, so too with the Egyptians. They were a fearful army. Uh, they, they were terrorizing the Israelites and they were the biggest threat to Israel, the people of God. And, and uh, it just seemed hopeless with that mighty army of Egypt uh, right behind the Israelites and they had nowhere to go. They were uh, entrapped at the mouth of the sea. They, the sea was behind them. And, and God said, all right, uh, don't fear. Don't be anxious. And God does tell us in the Bible, be anxious for nothing. And sometimes we think, of um, certain situations where where uh, we we might believe that does not apply. Well, certainly, if you could think of a frightening situation where uh, you would think that it was a very appropriate reaction to fear, this would be it. With Pharaoh and his army of chariots um, close by, and and, and here you are. Uh, a company of freed slaves uh, who who has no army and 
they would certainly easily destroy Israel if God permitted. But God says, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of Jehovah. And and then we know what happens. He opens up the sea while holding the Egyptian army at bay. And then at the perfect time, after bringing Israel through the sea as on dry ground, he allows the Egyptians to follow, and they are destroyed in the sea. And and again, they are destroyed in the depths of the sea, just as Babylon is likened to this great millstone cast into the sea and will be seen no more at all. So the Egyptians that you see today, God did say to Moses and the people, and, and uh, this was an actual conversation. God communicated this truth to Israel of old. They did see the enemy with their physical eyes. And God said, all right, you see them presently. You do see them today. And they're a tremendous threat to you. And, and you're in great danger because of them. But that enemy that you behold... And see with your eyes at this time, you will see them no more forever. And God is, has said the same thing to his people at all times and generations. He has said there will come a day, there will come a point when the enemy of this world, Satan and his forces as Pharaoh and the king of Babylon both typify Satan. And there will come that time when the enemies of God that have uh, afflicted you and caused you great harm and trouble and pursued after you day after day as you made your way sojourning through the wilderness of this world, there will come a day when you will see them no more forever. And and that will be the last day, uh, the end of the world, when, when God does destroy all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And now, now we have come, uh, we're, we're very far removed from that day long ago in, in time, uh, which was in 1447 B.C., when God said that to Moses and, and to the Israelites. Uh, let's see, 1447 plus 2015, we're, we're about uh, 3,452 uh, uh, or 62 years or something like that, somewhere around there. Uh, removed from that particular historical event and and here we are past the church age past the great tribulation living in the day of judgment we are certainly at the point for God to bring his people into his glorious new heaven and new earth into the kingdom of heaven where they will dwell with him forevermore. And and once that happens, this world and all of its inhabitants that never became saved 
will be destroyed and gone forever. The, the language of you'll see them no more forever relates to God's judgment of annihilation. He will utterly destroy them. It says in Psalm 104, in Psalm 104 and verse um, 35, Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou Jehovah, O my soul. Praise ye Jehovah. So let the wicked be no more. Now, we we don't desire this of any individual. We don't desire um, injury or harm or or death to the unsaved people. These are people we know. These these are people. Some of them we love. They they are our family members. Some of them, and and we don't want uh, want them to suffer or or we don't want them to be hurt in any way. Yet, we are God's people. God has saved us. He has given us an ongoing desire to do the will of God. He has placed within us a desire to see His Word fulfilled, to see the promises that He has made come to fruition, to be completed and and to be finalized. And, and so our desire is towards those things that God has said, uh, the things such as receiving a new resurrected body, of receiving um, an eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken or moved, and, and that would be the new heaven and new earth. Our desire is to enter a world where there will be truth and righteousness and holiness and justice and goodness and and this will be not uh just the occasional occurrence that someone will do a good thing or a righteous thing or a just thing or a holy thing this will be not just the um expected behavior this will be the atmosphere this will be uh, uh where uh, wherein we dwell at all times, all that are in this new heaven and new earth will behave themselves and conduct themselves inwardly in in uh, their soul, outwardly in their new resurrected spiritual body, and and in their mannerisms, in their actions, in their deeds, in their thoughts, in every way possible. There will be goodness and purity and perfection. We will be like Christ. We will be like God. There will not be sin of any kind in any shape or any form that will um, contaminate or, or ruin or, or enter in in the slightest way into God's eternal kingdom. And and can you imagine that? The glories of such a place to, to be with God, first of all, with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the fount of all wisdom and knowledge and power and, and the source of all blessing 
that there is just tremendous abundant riches and 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 uh, blessings overflowing forth from him that we will be richly enjoying uh, forevermore and we will also be with the the whole company of the elect perhaps as many as 200 million we are all the children of God all sons and daughters redeemed bought with that price of the blood of the lamb and and so we will all be of like mind of one mind desiring to glorify God and to praise him forever to exalt him to lift him up with our uh, words and our actions and and our thoughts all the people united none trying to uh, obtain their own glory none trying to usurp God's authority none trying to exalt themselves in pride none trying to be like God none trying to be the the king or ruler even though God has made us kings and prophets and priests even though God has uh placed us in positions of rule yet we all look to him in perfect submission and and we bow the knee forevermore every tongue confesses and every knee bows of all God's elect before him and and we do so gladly we do so uh in in honoring him uh, because he is worthy and deserving and, and and can you can you just get a glimpse that's all we can ever really get while we're in this life but just a glimpse of the unity of of the holiness of that place and not a lie it is is able to enter in remember that that wonderful verse in revelation 22 it says in verse 14 blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city for without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie they they're not able to enter in now this is stated this way without as though they are uh, outside the door outside the gates because it, it has in view this time period of um, of the prolonged day of judgment when God has already brought all of his saved into his kingdom through granting us that heavenly citizenship to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and and so presently outside the gate there are sinners that do these sinful things but but soon the those outside will will be again no more there'll be no world in which god is actively judging the unsaved this world will be no more the whole creation this universe will be no more but what will last and endure and and be forevermore is the kingdom of God, that new heaven and new earth, and 
and that that perfect righteousness that perfect purity just just think of it this way we only know one thing in this whole world that is holy that that's all we know holy and pure and perfect and that is the bible the bible in uh, its original language in the hebrew in the greek in the the language that God has preserved, not in the various translations, because what has happened to the the various translations in English and Portuguese and Spanish, there are errors. The typical corruption of the world has entered in to some degree, even though for the most part we we do have the true word translated in the languages, but there is a perfect and pure and holy word of God without error. It's inerrant, but without mistake. There's no scribal error of any kind in the original manuscripts. There, there's not a jot or a tittle that's in the wrong spot, in the wrong place. So we have that wonderful, beautiful example of what is holy and righteous and pure. And and don't we love it? Doesn't the child of God love the Bible? Why love the Bible? I remember uh, a man I used to work with uh, said to me, because I would read the Bible every day at lunch, and, and he was a Catholic man, uh, and uh, this is going back a few years, and we would have some discussions. But one time he, he looked at me kind of disgusted, and he said, you know, there's other books out there. Uh, uh, implying that I'm reading the Bible too much. Well, God's, of course, that can't be, but you can never read the Bible too much, and God's people understand that. And why do we love it? Why do we keep going to it? And and why don't we go to all these other books? Libraries have tens of thousands of books. Uh, of the making of books, there is no end, it says in Ecclesiastes. There, There's... Um, there, there's enormous numbers of books in the world, yet we don't care for any of them. We we have care and love and desire for only the Bible. It draws us. It its radiance, its brilliant shining forth, draws us to it. And so we study uh, anywhere within it in Genesis. And we, we look at each word carefully going to the concordance and, and comparing scripture with scripture, or we go to the Psalms and, and God speaks a word that is of great comfort to us, or we go to another scripture in Revelation and God says there will be no more tears, nor crying, no more death in that new heaven and new earth. And, and we stand in awe at, at the prospect of this wonderful eternal future that God has waiting for us, in store for us. And, and there's just no comparison. The Bible just cannot be compared with anything in this world because everything else is contaminated and polluted and tainted. And, and we've, we've certainly had enough of all these other things. 
and and really on one level there is no difference between those thousands of other writings they all have that contamination in common they all have that perversion that sinful element mixed in with whatever um positive information might be included yet the bible does not and it is that holiness we love well that's a small taste a small taste uh, of it, it's sort of like the new heaven and new earth will be the the bible coming to life the bible will be under our feet as we walk the bible will be up in the sky as we look about the bible will be in whatever kind of creation god creates whatever type of creatures that fill those creations will see the the holiness and perfection of god in all things as god uh, originally created this world to be good and it was good he said after creating all things and adam and eve were good mankind created in his image were originally good and and so there was for a very short period of time that wonderful yet fleeting period of being in harmony with god and with the creation and and all things were good and that will be restored in a in a very little while in a short period of time that will be restored you know god says in proverbs chapter 23 in verse 17 he makes this statement that uh, the world um, does not believe for the most part the church doesn't believe this but this is what god says in proverbs 23:17 let not thine heart and in 17 and 18 let not thine heart envy sinners but be thou in the fear of jehovah all the day long for surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be cut off for surely there is an end does the world believe it no but what does that matter does the church believe it no but what does that matter god the god who cannot lie who is faithful and true in everything he says the god who whose word does not change has said surely there is an end the world passeth away it will melt with a fiery heat it will be burned up and destroyed and there will be a new heaven and new earth and and, and let me just read god's affirmation of these things his declaring it as he says in uh, revelation 21 in verse 3 and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. They are true and faithful. You you cannot find a true and faithful word that is like the Bible anywhere else, not in religious writings, not in philosophical writings, not in any writings that come out of the minds of men. Only in this holy Bible can we read the very words of God who declares the end from the beginning because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows there is an end and and he knows there will be a new heaven and new earth and and he in a way has set his seal that God is true and and you can count on the promises of God Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, E-Bible Fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone for more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.